not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of mobile suit mondays from the fan holes podcast hey guys what's up this is derek derek wc and tonight we are discussing the final episode of gundam build fighters and joining me tonight are two of my fellow fan holes why don't you give a shout out guys and let everybody know who's here hey it's mike and this is the last time well, for a little while at least, that we will discuss serious business. Hey guys, this is Tony, and it's so hard to say goodbye <laughs> to Reggie. Inside. That guy too. <laughs> nice. Alright, so this is episode 25. This is the final episode of Gundam Build Fighters. It is titled Promise. So, as we left, basically, there are leaking Plavsky particles that are cracking the very foundation of the stadium. Mr. Rawl is noting that at the rate that all these weird particles are appearing, the stadium will soon collapse because of all the cracks and everything. It's like they're freaking, I don't know, flubbers or something. They're just popping up all over the place and everything. I guess there's, there is a, a nod or a little reference here. From Awakening of the Trailblazer. Does that seem familiar to you at all, Mike? Not really. No, what? Oh, okay. They're, they're saying the Plofsky particle crystals. Maybe you'll tell me again this is reaching, but the, the, the note here is that the Plofsky particle crystals forming in the arena are similar to the ELS from Mobile Suit Gundam 00 the movie Awakening of the Trailblazer. I, I guess. I don't know. The wiki seems to stretch a lot, though, with that. Like, with with all the the nods and everything, yeah, like they they like they have they have to find like fifteen nods and they only yeah, actually have like three or like, four. Or something. Know, it's like it's like it's, it's like you can't see this, but really you're looking really hard. Yeah, right, right. Or okay. it's like you know the Strike Gundam has a beam saber, just like the original RX seventy eight Gundam, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> just like fifty other Gundams. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
So basically, Takashi, Sai's father, is declaring that they need to evacuate all the attendees before the stadium collapses and everything. So everybody's leading everybody out of the stadium and everything. You know, Mr. Rawls basically telling them to, you know, don't they're, don't step all over everybody. They're like, like they're like the only people with common sense in that entire like arena. Well, you know, they they are our main cast. You know, I mean, everybody else can't probably even operate a gunpla, much less knows. What Everyone it is. else in that arena, like, duh, what's happening? Like, <laughs> duh, let's see how the tournament ends. Yeah, so basically they're like, okay, all you durs, like it's time to get the fuck out of the stadium before we all die. Because then it really will be serious fucking business. So, basically, they're evacuating all the attendees out of the stadium. The Aristocrystal is outside of Chairman Mashida's control at this point. And Miss Baker is, you know, doesn't really comprehend that at this moment in time. She's still pleading with him to sort of, like, calm down. And, you know, it seems to be directly tied to his emotional state. Now that he's totally freaked out, like, this crystal has totally freaked out, and, and there's no way he can stop what has been started. The crystal actually sort of disappears from the bottom of the arena and everything. And as Isla, China Kosaka, and Misaki run to evacuate the field, transforms to space, and then all of a sudden this massive space fortress materializes. And then, of course... President Yuki and Sai, being Gundam geeks, of course know this is a Bawaku from the original Mobile Suit Gundam. I like, I like how last episode ended with Reiji recognized whatever was appearing, and then the, the, as soon as this episode starts, he's like, "What's that?" Say like, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of I didn't mention it in our last episode, but I think one of my initial thoughts before the after credit sequence revealed it was a Bawaku. Like, I was wondering if it was like his home that like yeah, sort of got transported thinking. into the dimension or something like that. But then it turns out it's like you're saying this. This one forty fourth scale model of of a Balaku. I, I guess they just had to have Reggie have that moment. I don't know. It is kind of weird that they had him say that. And then the next one, he's like, "Duh, what's that?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! It's I have no idea. What is it? Say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, the girls join the boys. Yeah, it's like basically, it's like all, all the girls end up meeting the boys. And then all of a sudden, like, basically, like, anybody you followed in this main cast shows up for this last fight. Mao, Kirara, and Ricardo Fellini also join the girls and the boys. And then as they're all evacuating, Chairman Mashida is there begging the prince, basically, to save him. And he's latched on to Reiji's lower leg. And he's basically begging, and he, he confesses at this point. Like, he says, I was the one who stole the Arista Crystal from your treasure room. So I guess this is, a, you know, something that was located in his, in his home, you know, and everything. And he's apologizing profusely, and he's saying, please, Prince, like, please do something to stop this. At that point, like, I know we, you know, we were joking about how everybody forgot about them, but all of a sudden, you know, Niels Nielsen and Karo-chan and Sebastian, the awesome bodyguard, show up. And they're basically explaining how that large Arista crystal they saw, you know, at the bottom of the arena is now out of control and it is glowing like crazy. And basically, since Niels Nielsen is the Batman, 
he is the Metal Gear Solid guy. He is the master planner. You know, he's got his prep time plan. His plan is that they all need to destroy the crystal with his gunpla. I'm like, I, I, part of me was kind of like, well, why can't you just fucking destroy the crystal? But I guess the excuse is that if this was done in person, it would be very dangerous. So everybody's getting in their gunpla toys because I guess if you, you attack something with a toy, like the danger is minimized to you. I guess it'd be tantamount to like sending out a little RV, you know, remote control car to like go beat up some, some bad guys or something. So. Quick, throw rocks at it. I guess, yeah, I guess all of these uh, these kids, if the Gunpla battle is over, I guess all these kids have, like, jobs in the military, like piloting drones or whatever. So. Right, right, right. They should they should be set, so. Reiji, basically, at this point, is the first person to agree to help Niels Nielsen. Sai and Ricardo Fellini also intend to help. Even though Fellini is basically telling Kirara she should evacuate, all of a sudden, it's, you know, girl power, because, you know, all the girls are basically like, we're going to help, too. Like, they all want to be part of the Gunpla Avengers team here. And then there's this clip where they all do the Legion salute. You know, their hands are all sort of facing the sky and, you know, basically like, we're a team and stuff like that. Not with the main cast of characters. Luang Delara and Carlos Kaiser have a little cameo because apparently they have brains as well and they're assisting with the evacuation, getting all the durr people out of the fucking stadium and stuff. They're evacuating all the civilians. And so it looks like our team of Gunpla Avengers is going to be Reiji, who is in the Star Build Strike. Sai, who is in the Build Gundam Mach 2. China Kosaka, who is in her Bear Guy. Isla Yurkianen, who is in her Miss Sazabi. Ricardo Fellini, who is in his Fenice Renasa. I, uh, I guess that's how you say the last one. I don't know. Kirara, who's in her Gerbitra Tetra. Niels Nielsen, who's in his Sengoku Ashtray. And Karo-chan, in her little super deformed Night Gundam. So that's that's our group of Gunpla Avengers and everything. Unfortunately, the Exia is damaged from that last battle from last episode. So it kind of looks like Yuki won't be able to join the Avengers team. But Alan Adams does show up with a box. But we don't know what's in it at this point. But he shows up with a box. You do have to kind of call bullshit. It's like, so Star Bill Strike is totally fine now? <laughs> Well, you know, he, he put his arm back on, so he's cool. <laughs> and, of course, this would be round of five, I guess, power. <laughs> like, the, the, the main character, right, is he, he, see, he had the fortitude, and, and he was fortunate enough to design his suit based on a Seed suit. So, I mean, you know, if you watch Seed, like, some of the shit that those suits go through, and then they're totally fine, like, five minutes later, like, you'd be surprised. So I'm, I'm going to give it to that it's a Seed suit. That's my... That's my no prize. Is like a wizard did it, like the Seed Universe did it. You know, like that's they've got that's they're, they're they're all touched with a bit of Kara Yamato's like plot armor. Yeah, yeah, awesome. He 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 built that shit like a Kenner's Batman the Animated Series figure. He could throw that thing against the wall and it won't explode. <laughs> I guess then Dexia was made out of fucking DC collectibles Batman the Animated Series parts because <laughs> it's breaking like a son of a bitch. Rinko Lori is a little concerned because after she's helped all the Durr people evacuate, kind of like, you know, what's her face with Carl on The Walking Dead? She's like, where's, where's Sai? Where's Sai? You know, she doesn't know where her son is. 
and she goes to tell Takashi, Mr. Rawl, and Master Chinin that they can't find Sai. And then, of course, they kind of all realize that they're all still inside the stadium. The team, the, you know, Gunpla Avengers team, is now fighting this series of what they're calling, I, I guess it was supposed to be like new items that Chairman Mishida was going to roll out after the tournament, but they kind of refer to them as bootleg gunpla machines and everything. This is something I was going to ask you guys, or at least bring up for discussion. I'm kind of struck by the idea that this is the last episode of a 25-episode series, and the series is dedicated to how awesome and important these tournaments are. And at the moment, this has nothing to do with a fucking tournament. Basically, it's it's kind of like the reason why I keep bringing up the Avengers is it literally it's the end of the Avengers, like where there's a group that comes together and they fight a bunch of cannon fodder. And I know we 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 did an episode about Super Megaforce on the main podcast, and there was some I, I think Mike like you voiced some criticism where you're like, oh, they're just fucking putties, like who cares, you know, like and and I I just kind of noticed that you know at this point they're they're just kind of repeating you know, kind of a formula that, you know, at least for the Avengers, made it billions of dollars, you know. So I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, what your guys' take on, on this portion of the the end of the episode was. Like, or, or were you disappointed that there was a bunch of fighting with cannon fodder? Or did you like that it got to showcase all these characters we've been seeing throughout the course of the 25 episodes, and they could totally sort of go full-on balls out without offending or making any other characters you might have come to like look stupid. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty much a, a way to like say goodbye to all those characters and give them all a chance to work together instead of like fight each other or whatever. And yeah, I, I, I just think I, I thought it was kind of funny like that, that you know, Fellini's kind of like derisively like, are those knockoffs or something we're yes, going to be fighting? Yes. Or, you know, it's... And I, they, the official name of those, like, I think they actually released a model of them that are called Mocks, like M-O-C-K. Like, oh, so okay. And I think that's kind <laughs> of fun. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I was, you know, I guess it would have been nice, I guess, maybe if it was a bunch of, like, grunt, like, Gundam mecha or something. Like, there was a ton of, like, Zaku. Like a bunch of, or, a bunch of Zaku's or, or balls. Or, like, balls, yeah. yeah, or something. But, okay. No, I think it was a, I guess it was a, it was a, it was a showcasing of how, like, soulless and, like, uh, like, uninterested in Gumpla, like, Chairman Machida Chairman. was pretty much, okay. like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as far as Gundam goes, this is, like, not the first time we've had Avengers. Like, we had Gundam Wing. We had G Fighter. We had Gundam X, even. So yeah. it's it's not really new. And there's yeah. there's been yeah there's been a, you know a series where everybody teams up to fight the big bad. And I think you know the way they presented the series, like none of the people in this you know like grouping are actually bad people. So they couldn't really have a big bad be someone they knew how they yeah. like presented it. So. To have them go against Chairman Mashida and he's like the one who lost control, and now we have a big bad. It, it, it goes with the story. I mean, and the, the, you know, you do get like a couple of little cute little things, like you know, like the uh, super deformed, you know, knight, and you know, you get to see Isla come back and stuff. So, I mean, would I like to see a big battle 
versus, you know, Saiyan Reiji versus, you know, uh, Yugi. Yeah, that would have been great. But it just not it's not how the story went, and I'm not butt hurt by it. It, it could have been a lot worse, so I'm I'm okay with it. It's pretty cool. Okay, okay. So so you know at this point, you know all the the team that we've seen so far have been doing their best. They're you know sort of fighting their hearts out against all these mock gunpla and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, it's like there's tons and tons more of them, and it looks like you know they're about to be overwhelmed. And then what happens, Tony? I don't know if you uh, know this, but it's a little three-little word I like to call uh, Mao. Yeah. Mao. <laughs> and, and, and he has probably a Gundam that Mike would really like. Yeah, he shows up with the crossbone Gundam Mao, and he satellite cannons the fuck out of all those guys. He's like, funny story, like, I took the satellite cannon and I put it in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just know Mike really likes Crossbone Gundam. And actually, I like Crossbone Gundam, too. It's, it's one of the better designs, I think, as far as aesthetics. So putting Mal with Crossbone, I was pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like a very a very cool suit and everything. I think, and, it, I and, think it was trying to carry on, like, the X motif that yes, like, he had, yes. like, with the... X Gundam, yeah, with the with the crossbones and the whole pirate yeah. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. I mean, even though he satellite cannons the hell out of all those guys, he also actually puts a big fucking hole in the middle of a Balaku, so all the other guys can can go through and stuff. He he kind of wrecks shop. He kind of wrecks shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 definitely is very very awesome. I think uh, you know in that scene. I think that was kind of needed for Mao because he had been kind of in the dumps for the last, like, three or four yeah, episodes. Yeah. So, like, he really needed to make a comeback. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was good to see, at least. I mean, he, he definitely made a good showing in, in this moment and everything. At this point, you know, most of our main, you know, cast, the, the boys and the girls, as I'll call them, go through that, that hole that Mao makes. Ricardo Fellini and Gunpla Idol Kirara stay behind, and they're holding off all this mock Gunpla cannon fodder at the entrance while, you know, folks like, you know, Sai, Reiji, Isla, and China Kosaka go inside the fortress and everything. There's a nice little moment between Niels Nielsen and Karo-chan, like, they, they kind of have this, like, I'm going to save you moment and everything. Because I guess, I forget, it, it's, it, it, it's, was it, I think it was, like, Caroline that was in trouble. And then Neil's, like, you know, swoops up and takes, yeah. like, the hit for her and everything. So, I mean, they, they kind of have that nice little moment in the middle of the fight. And obviously, like, that kind of, you know, that seems to me, I mean, it, it, it they don't go into a great deal of detail about it. But, I mean, speaking for myself coming from the place where when I was first introduced to the character, I didn't care for the character at all. And then him having this act of selflessness, it seems like at least he's grown a lot. You know, he, he understands the importance of Gunpla. You know, he, he's sort of done a lot more noble, selfless things, whereas in the past, you know, his whole thing was, I'm just going to hang here in the back and let everybody fuck each other up, you know? Like, he, 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 if, he, if he hadn't learned... Yeah. He's gone from dick in the forest to a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm I'm kind of pleased that it turned out that way. So I just, I just imagine like you know the solid snake reference we made about him. He's like, oh my god, hotness, I'm gonna save you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking it's like it's 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 friendly Batman now instead yes. of like Dick like Morris's Batman. He's, or, he, he's yeah. got a smile on his face while he's punching criminals 
up the nose. Like, he's, he's all set. <laughs> we got Mao and Fellini, and they're, they're still remarking that this enemy they're facing, these mock gunplas, are endless. And they even kind of are saying, at least Mao is kind of like, it, it looks like it might even be hopeless, like, even with, you know, my satellite cannon of awesomeness and all this kind of stuff. But then... What happens, Tony? I know you're going to be excited about this. Who shows up in the Master Gundam to pull their fat out of the fire? Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about that shit. God, God damn it. I, <laughs> I, thought, this, that I thought that would be like your favorite part, that Master Sheenan shows up with the Master Gundam. Yeah, no, it was. It was just like, he, well, he comes in, and like I guess it's just because he wrecked shop so quick. It's kind of an afterthought for a minute. Yeah, well, it's like Master Sheenan and then Mr. Rawl show up, and Mr. Rawl's in his goof, and Master Sheenan's in his Master Gundam. I thought you'd be, like, jizzing all over the screen and stuff. Well, <laughs> it's, well, like, it's like a goof energy Gundam. Like, well, 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 to be fair, to be fair, even though I, I like Master Gundam, Mike knows this as well. I'm, I'm a big, big Chibity Crockett fan, so if it had been, like, you know, Maxter Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then things, then shit would have gotten really real. Yeah, well, they, I, they, I, I think I think uh, Mike is actually a bigger Master Gundam fan than I am. I think he's a bigger yeah. Master Asia fan than I am. So, yeah, well, between the I, between the two of you, you should be excited about this. Oh no, it was I, badass. I was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. basically, they 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 show up. They do this this super fusion move where Master catapults the goof into this like super tornado spin. And then the coils of the goof wipe out all the cannon fodder that surrounds them. And then he does his common rider Cheenan kick straight down the fucking tornado and then wipes out a bunch of other fodder. So it's like, I don't know, it was it was pretty fucking sweet and everybody's <laughs> like everybody's like, Master, you're fucking the shit. Like, and like and yeah, like, like Hirara's like, these guys are absurdly strong. <laughs> like she's got that expression on her face. Like this is ridiculous. Like Yeah, and I like when, when Master Sheenan does his little peace signature and everything. He's like, Yeah, I know, I know, we're awesome. So, I was gonna ask Shut you, up, Mike, baby, I, didn't I know notice. it. <laughs> I know what I do, bitch. <laughs> Don't tell Bender what he's doing. I was going to ask you, my I, I, I didn't notice because it was really so quick. Was was that a just a regular goof or the goof custom? It was a customized one that uh, Mr. Rawl made himself, apparently, because it's got some modifications. He's got, like, two shields, and his machine guns yeah. like, are on both hands, so it's like a new one they made for build fighters. And yeah, because custom- he had the Gatling, he had the Gatling gun that the uh, Goof Custom had. Yeah. Uh, no, he just had. Well, what he had was like the the regular Goof has like that weird like machine gun hand or whatever. But like this Goof had like the machine gun hands like kind of like stapled over his regular hands or whatever. But I, and then he had like two shields and whatnot. But and, yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. Uh, Master Gundam looked pretty much the the same, more or less. Yeah, it was just a standard Master Gundam, but with like gold shoulder pads or whatever. Yeah, he was like kind of halfway into hyper mode. I I did like like when 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 he first <laughs> my shoulders are hyper. <laughs> Sorry, when he first when he first appears, like Mao's like Master. <laughs> he's like it's Master in the Master Gundam, like. <laughs> You're like, ha ha. Yeah. I, I think it threw me because uh, Funsaki wasn't there. Funsaki. Oh, Funsaki belongs to Niels in this in this tournament. Remember when they did the race? Yeah, episode? yeah, when they did the race. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I can't believe for I, I didn't forget like he came in. It was just like there is like so many savior ass moments that like they, they, they go by so quick, so Yeah, yeah. No, there there are a lot of uh savior ass moments as as the series progresses. But then all of a sudden, like the outside seems to look okay because there's been all this ass kicking going on. But then, all of a sudden, a Bawaku erupts with this super beam cannon blast out of nowhere. And then, it's like, Bear Guy is fucking down. And Miss Sazabi is fucking down. And then it goes to, like, the commercial break. And you're like, holy fuck! Like, are, are, and then, th- this is what I, like, I don't know, like, like, did you, what did you think at that point? Like, were you thinking, like, they were, like, seriously hurt? Or were you kind of like, ah, this is just... This is just gunpla, like so. It's probably okay. Well, the way they well, play I, it is like that. <laughs> yeah, they were seriously injured, but like, yeah, yeah. It's like no one's well, in well, real, any fair, real danger. Well, to be fair though, Mike, like the act guy is not a great suit either. So making it a bear guy, you're like, how the fuck did she survive this long anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess it's interesting because after the commercial break, it, and they do this occasionally, especially with the the after credit sequence a lot in this show, but this is the first time it seemed to be done like in story. It seemed like where basically after the commercial break, it actually takes us back to the moment where the boys and the girls first entered that hole that Mao made with his satellite cannon in a Bawaku. So it's like you, you basically go back a few minutes and see everything from their perspective. And yeah, so they, 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 they kind of pulp fiction that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, so, so you could see it from their point of view, you know, basically while all this awesome, you know, master tuning, awesome, you know, Mr. Rawl, you know, ass kicking was going on outside. Like this is what was going on inside of Balaku and everything. Isla has this premonition where, you know, she's using her sort of, Midnighter precognitive abilities and stuff, and she can sense that this cannon blast is about to go off. And then I guess the girls basically push the boys out of the path of fire, and that's why when the cannon blast goes off, that's why they're totally screwed. Like they they their suits go down and stuff. Uh, now this at point, like when we're finally caught up to where we left off at the commercial break. I mean, we didn't really see. China or Isla, you know, at the commercial break, we just saw these totally like destroyed looking suits. So at this point, it's like it, it's kind of a little better because it's like they're down, but you can you know be like, oh, we're we're hurt, we're hurt, ah, our suits are down, you know. But it's like they're not, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's like they're toys, so they would have never died in the first place, I guess. You know what I mean? But it's like. So it's like I start to wonder, like, is it a big deal? Like, does that just mean their toys are broken? Or, like, it, like at this point, because the Plosky particles were out of control, could they have really gotten injured or somehow? I don't know. But I, I guess I doubt I, it. But I don't know. I, I, I go with it being, like, a strategic game. Like, they've lost firepower. Like, these two guys probably weren't, like, badass. Well, the bear guy especially. But the, the extra help was nice. You know, it was like... Bear guy could have like fended off somebody who was fucking with you know master you know master Gundam or you know bear guy could have taken a hit for you know Psy or something you know just like more like strategic okay. but as far as like actual danger yeah I agree I, I yeah you don't really see them like you know 
slumped over and bleeding because they're like encouraging like wounds or anything. So it's like the way the scene is directed, though. It does seem like you're supposed to feel like that was like them almost. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, at first I did get that vibe, and then I was like, so is it them? And then it seemed like it sort of you know went out of its way to sort of let you know, like, no, they're they're still alive, like. And they're, and they're not really hurt, but their suits are basically down. But what what I find kind of interesting is then basically at this point, all these mock gunplas have found their way inside of Bawaku, and now they're attacking Sai and Reiji and the damaged suits of the girls. And then basically the cannon in the background is charging up. The girls are kind of you know, pleading with the boys, like, go, go take care of this, like, you know, head out, leave us behind, and all this other kind of stuff, and then, the, now we get back to where Tony was, like, five minutes ago, then Yuki pulls a Han Solo with his Exia in Trans Am mode and everything, and also, Takashi Lori is there, and I guess this is the first time the PF-78-1 Perfect Gundam shows up animated, I guess. That's the, the model that he's using. So I guess that's some kind of high-grade, like, really expensive model or something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just assumed it was some kind of, like, one of those, like, full-armor RX-78, like, you know, okay. uh, variants or uh, something. I, I, I think they actually made that model for, at least, I know, for the MSII line, where it's just a buttload of fucking armor. It's, it's kind of like the uh, Macross Valkyrie and Super Battleoid mode. Missiles and rockets everywhere. <laughs> so, so I guess Takashi and Yuki basically, again, are saying, look, we'll protect the girls while Sai and Reiji go after this crystal. And, and again, like, that makes me question, like, do they have to protect them? Like, are they in danger? Like, it seems like... <laughs> Seems like and they like, do are, have are just, to protect them. Yeah, like, are you guys just kind of out? You're like, you know, like tag, you're out, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what I wonder. It's like, is it a game of flag football where it's like, okay, I touched you, you've been tackled, or is it? Oh, I, you broke my fucking leg, you well, know? Like, it's if you're going by real life, like what's happening in the real world in that point, everyone's in equal danger because they're all and in, still inside that freaking building. Like while the which could collapse at any yeah, moment. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. But okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll, then, we'll go see, with that. But see, that 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 makes my head hurt even more because if that's the case, shouldn't they just tap out and evacuate? Yeah. If if they're no longer of any use in on the gunpla battlefield, and they are not technically really hurt, and they won't die if they pull out of the match. Shouldn't at that point they pull out of the match and run the fuck out of there before the stadium collapses? But Derek, China might lose her bear guy on the stand in the plastic particle field. <laughs> fuck bear guy! Fuck him! <laughs> Get out of the stadium! She really loves that Gundam. <laughs> So, That's what you get so, for choosing a Xeon to motherfucking China. Yeah, well, I, Isla's only had that Sasabi for, like, what, a week now? And she already yeah, wrecked yeah, she it. Yeah, she can't be that attached to it. It <laughs> is the Miss Sasabi, though. I think I think feminists around the world are like, you can't leave behind the Miss Sasabi. That's Ms. Sasabi. Ms. Ms. Exactly. She is, she's a single independent woman, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just call it the Captain Sazabi, and then everybody will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, 
basically now the the show is turning from Avengers to what I like to call Final Fantasy VII or the X-Men Brian Singer movie because everybody is basically throwing Psy and Reiji up the ladder to kill the fucking Death Star. Now, Psy and Reiji have officially reached the crystal, but they are halted by this Plofsky particle storm. So all these particles are basically holding it back. And then Psy basically gives the build strike his backpack. So again, this is kind of the moment where, you know, Wolverine has to be, you know, lifted by storm so he can like <laughs> do something to Magneto or where, you know, Cloud has to be like lifted up through the fucking whatever they do at the end of that movie to to have him go fight Sarah Foth or whatever, you know. I gotta go punch this ex-wrestler through the building of the Statue of Liberty so he lands on a boat. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, like those kind of things where it's like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, you know, bump this guy up. So, so now even Psy has basically said, okay, you got the keys to the kingdom, Reiji. Like you gotta, you gotta deliver the KO and everything. And so the hyper build knuckle ends up destroying the Arista crystal and, you know, that's that's the long and short of it. I mean, Sai and Reiji do a high five. A Bawaku dissipates away. You know, Niels being, uh, you know, I guess a smart kid is already lamenting. Like, he's like, well, look, if you've destroyed this crystal, then I guess maybe we can never play Gunpla again. Like, he's he's already sort of speculating about that. And then we hear a scream. I think it's either from Caroline or Miss Baker. We see that Chairman Mishida is glowing pink. And this is kind of similar to when Reiji would, I guess, vanish away back to his home planet. And, you know, the chairman is going back to Arian, and he's kind of screaming about it. And then, I guess, Miss Baker is a loyal little Harley girl to the end. And she grabs onto him and gets, like, you know, ported away with him and everything. You know, at this point, Sai is kind of worried because he immediately turns around. He expects Reiji to sort of dissipate and disappear and everything. And then when he turns around and Reiji hasn't disappeared yet, he's kind of embarrassed. Reiji's like, I'm not going anywhere. I want to do some proper gunpla battle before these crystals dissipate for real. He actually wants to battle President Yuki, which... You know, and and do it properly, you know, and I was kind of like, oh, good, because I I know the last episode we had this discussion a little bit of whether or not that match that they had in the previous episode was even fair because Yuki was under mind control. And I'm kind of of the the belief like that match was utter crap because, you know, it it wasn't a real it wasn't a real test, you know, it wasn't fair, you know, so so I'm I'm very happy that that, you know, that was the first thing that Reiji you know, came to when, when every, you know, when, when, when the, the, I guess, threat was long gone or whatever. Now, I'm assuming at this point that since they smashed the crystal, the stadium's not going to collapse anymore. So they don't all need to be running out of the stadium like crazy. So then they, they start a gunpla battle. Uh, apparently the nod here is, I guess, the, the field three forest, like, space that they're in is basically the same field from episode one where the Star Build Strike was fighting with Eddie Haskell way back in the first episode. So I guess it's supposed to be like full circle type thing. I, th- I think that anyway was just Build Strike, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Kirara gets a video camera because she wants to document what is ostensibly the last serious business gunpla battle ever. My note is, 
Like the Justice League Superman, the animated series Superman, Reiji and Sai have this conversation about whether or not he's like a, a cool gunpla pilot and all this other stuff, or fighter and this kind of stuff. And he's like, dude, like, you're awesome, Sai. Like, you were holding back this whole time because you were worried about breaking your toys. So I was like, oh, dude, it's like the end of fucking Justice League, you know? You know, and, and, and what's really awesome, at least for me, is, like, I, I enjoyed this part, was that Reiji actually gives the controls over to Psy. You know, it's not just this, you know, it's like, it's like finally, like, Edward Norton is taking control of fucking Fight Club here, you know? <laughs> like, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. this, this is kind of cool. Obviously, we don't get a really long or drawn-out match or anything. The The battle goes on for a few seconds. They exchange some blows, and it looks... I mean, it really looks like, you know, size just about to deliver this final blow. We don't really know what would have happened, but it does look like, you know, Psy would have got, gotten the upper hand. But at that point, that's when the particles go away, and it's just like two toys, like, kind of chilling in a in a pose, in a position and everything. And then at this point, Reiji does indeed turn pink, and he's about to get transported back to Arian. So it's it's kind of a sad scene. I mean, you know, he's disappearing, and, and Reiji basically wishes for Sai to grow stronger so that they could again gunpla battle with one another someday. And Sai's kind of sad, and, and, you know, Reiji ports off back to home and everything. It looks kind of like, you know, based on, you know, just given the notes and then how the, the sky looks where it kind of has these kind of indents and everything, you know, basically the speculation is that Arian is probably some kind of space colony. Like, it's, it doesn't look like a really for real sky. Reiji's basically stating, like, well, we'll meet again someday. And then we learn that somehow Isla Yurkianen has gone back to Arian with Reiji. And I guess it's because she made a wish on that gem that Sai gave her. And, you know, there's this kind of funny interaction between the two of them. They're still the the young, you know, fighting, moonlighting couple type thing as they, they kind of fade away on them and everything. She's calling him a baka head or whatever the fuck she calls him. <laughs> and then we get the end credits, which show a montage of basically all the characters we've come to know throughout the course of the series. I don't think it's not genuine to suggest that basically, like, there's happy endings for everybody. I mean, for the most part. Like, you know, everybody kind of seems to, you know, as you go through these montages, they seem to be fulfilling, if not, like, what they started out to be, like, their dreams. Like, they, 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 you can see all the characters you've been following are, yeah, are fairly like, happy, you know? Yeah, you get Fellini with, you know, Carrara and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, Niels Nielsen is, is doing the business with, with Caroline and everything, and, you know, there's it's, it's all the different characters we've, we've come to know and love, and it, basically, you know, you can tell they all sort of have these, these happy futures and everything like that. Which is actually kind of an interesting note. I actually made a note to uh, point this out. Me, myself, as a toy collector, maybe this ending was to hint at, like, as much as you love toys and as much as you get into them, it's okay to go into more mature aspects when you get older and, you know, form relationships and actually go out with people and stop caring about toys so much and, like, have a happy life, even though you can still maintain your love of toys. So, yeah, just yeah. me. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like all those characters, whether they were still focused on Gunpla or not, I mean, they all seem to have, like, happy outcomes and everybody seemed to be pretty happy. The main ending 
to this, the, the, the finale of the montage basically shows us that China, Kosaka, is attending the Gunpla Battle World Championships for the eighth tournament. So we, basically we've kind of fast-forwarded about a year later, and you know, Sai is in the championships by himself, and he has created this Build Strike Cosmos, which is his current suit. And it kind of ends with him flying off, you know, into into Gunpla battle. I guess just, you know, well, first of all, when, when they're at the 8th tournament, if you if you blink, you might not see them, but uh, Setsuna and Lock-On are there in the background. Like, when, when China's walking up the steps and everything, like, you can see like, character models of both of them and stuff. And then the other thing was, I, I don't know, like, I think you guys, I don't know if you've seen Build Fighters Try yet, because I haven't, but but I, I'm just wondering, like, do they ever explain, like, do, do we know why they can still fight in gunplay tournaments? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, do. they don't, I guess they didn't subtitle this part, and we obviously, we can't read Japanese, but... The newspaper that shows that, like, Niels and Caroline, like, are working. Oh, they, it's they saying figured, that they, they figured rediscover, it out. Yeah, they rediscovered the plastic okay. particle. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, awesome. I'm glad you yeah. told me that because I would have never known that. Yeah. They, they, did, they did some Star Wars tech tech and figured it out, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Okay, cool, cool. So that, yeah, that is awesome. And then that, that, that basically, I wasn't sure that he... You know, I, I could see he went into business with her, but but I guess he kind of realized some of his dreams as well because his whole thing was was all about figuring out how to use the Plasky particles. I wonder if he helped, like, you know, I don't know, make world peace or cured cancer or did anything else cool with the uh, uh, spoiler. He did. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you dick! I hate you. <laughs> what was it? The, the Niels Institute? Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. It's yeah. like, we're just going to sit here in the tree and fight with Gunpla. All that other stuff, all those ideals I had about, uh, you know, putting a bunch of small people and solving overpopulation. Like, no, fuck that. We're going to fight me, with Gunpla. Me and Mike are so ahead of you on Gunpla. Try. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Okay, well, I mean, wow. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, we're we're kind of done. Like, that's that's the end of Build Fighters. I know, I, I, I guess, we, we have discussed this. I don't know if we've discussed this on air, but I know our plans moving forward with Mobile Suit Mondays is to, before we jump into, like, a whole brand new series, whether it be Build Fighters Try or some other, you know, long-term Gundam series, uh, our, our short-term plans are to have a couple one-off shows after this point. I know some of our original intent was to cover some of the manga and side stories and stuff like that. So I think for the next couple episodes after this, they're going to be more one-off type things. So just so you and, know, if you're listening, maybe not, you know, moving maybe forward. not so current. So just, you know, hang in there, but it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention some things about the episode. There's a, I think they mentioned it on the wiki too, but there's a cool piece of trivia about like the, the broadcast rights to, to like, Build fighters only in, entitled them to use Gundams and models. Double O's like second season on, they couldn't use anything from there. But I, I think like the the contract expired like five years beforehand or something. And because because it expired, 
the last episode aired like two episodes uh, or two days after the the contract for Double O's like broadcast rights like ended, so they could actually they they timed it so they could um, use like the Exia like repair model which has like the cloak over its shoulder, so like, it, <laughs> nice. like they they timed it like just perfectly to put, like, a cloak over the Exia's shoulder, because I guess they didn't have the rights to use those models yet. You know what kids really like? Sandrock. Sandrock from, like, fucking Ellis Waltz. Put a fucking cape over that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks cool. I think robots with cloaks look cool. So. Hell yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, I, I just thought that was Armada. cool. Um, yeah, I just thought that was cool how they timed it like that, because uh, I guess, like, the broadcast rights for 00's second season, like, ended, like, two days before that last episode aired, so. Yeah, so obviously it was it was some precision timing that was going on there. And, I don't, the, the only other thing is, like, I love how, like, people kind of criticize, like, this series, like, even though it's a minor thing that, like, like for the last, past, like, eight episodes or so, Cy and Reiji have solved their problems with the build knuckle. Like, basically, like, it's, like, their end-all solution to everything. Like, I think Tony mentioned, like, our, uh, Bender earlier, and I was just thinking, like, like, Cy and Reiji, like, when they were about to destroy the crystal, they were like, you know, oh, man, like, like how should we solve this problem? I don't know, like, dummy, let's, let's like, punch it. Like, you know, like... <laughs> So, I don't know well, what you mean, think. Let's just build knuckle it. What have we done for the last eight episodes? Well, I mean, I guess they, they could they could double build knuckle. Uh, I guess yeah, yeah. I guess that's how it was different. They used both <laughs> hands this time. I mean, like I mean, it's a Gundam thing, though. I mean, like, how many fucking goddamn times did like you know Hero use that fucking double beam cannon that just killed everybody? You know. It's a Gundam staple, you know, the the super awesome weapon. Fucking, like, my favorite show, like, you know, G Gundam. Shit, Burning Finger kills everything. (laughs) Yeah, I I think maybe we're at the point where we're actually more fortunate than we realize, because if you watch, like, Japanese tokusatsu shows in the 70s or whatever, like, basically, Leopardon does that same footage move of chopping (laughs) somebody in half for, like, you know... 20-something episodes or whatever it is, you know, so it's yeah. like, I guess you should be thankful the, the Bill yeah. Knuckle only showed up seven or eight times. Yeah, you know? and they yeah. animated it differently each time, at least. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I, I, I just thought it was funny. You, you motherfuckers got double Bill Knuckle last episode. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, motherfuckers. We got double Bill Knuckle. <laughs> as far as, like, a whole... But I, I really don't know if I could stand on, like, two legs to say this is the best ending. But I will say, for 25 episodes of a self-contained show, this is really fucking fun. It's enjoyable. The characters are great. Love me some Mal. Everybody knows that. But I also like Reiji. I also like Sai. I, I like, you know, all these people who were in this show. I mean, it, it's definitely a character-driven show. Which is what I prefer with Gundam, you know. That's why I like got into like Gundam Wing. That's why I like the OH MS team, you know. Like I, I like Mecha, but like if you have really shitty people, you know, piloting these Mecha, fucking you know, I think Derek mentioned that earlier, earlier you know, it was like a you know, build strike and shit seed. Um, you know, it's not so much fun, you know. <laughs> 
when you have people you actually like enjoy piloting these Gundams and they're actually good characters, you get more into it, you know? Yeah. I, I actually, I mean, I know this is, this is wholly not Japanese at all, but, and, you know, when I was seeing Psy in the Build Strike Cosmos, I was like, man, I'd, I'd watch a whole 26 more episodes about seeing him get to the Eighth World Tournament, you know? And I, yeah. I know that's not what the sequel's obviously about, but, but I, I do enjoy the character that much, you know, and I, I was like, I liked him as a protagonist. Like, I would, I would continue to follow his adventures if they wanted to give me some more of them. So that's yeah. probably the best compliment I could, well, I could give. Without, without spoiling anything, like, about Try for you, Derek, it's like, try, well, Try so far is kind of like, like the be, like sort of first half of Zeta or double Zeta, where you're you're waiting for Amaro or Camille to show up. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Where is he? Like, where, when, when <laughs> is he going to show up? Like, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, so Camille busts out like fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. He's like, use the Force, Judah. And then, like, you, Majin Kawaguchi is basically Quattro Bajina. So, yes, yeah. nice. But. Yeah, try try definitely does kind of like you know, pull your pants down and says, "I'm going to leave now. I'm not going to give you like a blowjob or make you happy. We're just going to figure this out later." You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, but, uh, no. I really like. I I enjoyed this show. I think it was like some good, solid fun, and like even even if we joke about it, you know, it's, it's even anything that doesn't make sense, you can kind of like. Square away because it's got that kind of like that sort of Gurren Lagan esque like you know every like the the emotional like scenes are like you yeah, know so yeah. good that you know you're just kind of like it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense it's just like cool like and I, I can admit that like the first time when 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 saying Reiji like missed that high five at the end like I got a lump in my throat like I was like oh. Like he missed them, like when they. What do you call it? He was like, "Oh, they have to part." Like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Well, I, I think this is why I, I keep making references to G Gundam with this series is because there are certain characters who kind of fall short, and they don't do what they're supposed to, but they have that drive, and you like get to enjoy them, like Mal. He's like you know, like half the guys in G Gundam. You know, he's not going to be the hero. But you're like, hey, I like that guy. That's my dude. I'm like fucking be on board with him, just like you do with, you know, you know, Finichi. You know, it's like, that's my guy. I'm going to be on board. He's not going to fucking win, but I like that guy. And that that's so much more entertaining to me in a show where you find those characters you like and still enjoy the protagonist. You know, you're like, I really want the protagonist to win, but I also like this guy, you know? Cool. Well, I, I, does anybody have anything else to say before we, we wrap up with this? final installment on Gundam Build Fighters? I'm I'm sad to see it end, but I'm glad it didn't go too long. So I'm glad yeah, it, it, it it seemed I wouldn't be surprised if like Gundam goes on the upswing like even even in like the US and like North America now cuz like, it really seems like Build Fighters did really well for like I guess the TV ratings were very low, but like I guess the YouTube like views must be extremely like gratifying to them because like you know obviously they're releasing try like in you know with subtitles and you know they're they're releasing the origin again here and the DVDs are coming back and you know so hopefully yeah you know, yeah 
it, it clearly was a, a nice bit of re- revitalization. So, I I mean, you know, I would watch this again if they dubbed it. Like, I yeah, mean, I, I too. Yeah. You know, I, I I would definitely be interested in something like that. I, I I could see this really easily if they dubbed it. I could see this being kind of like the Beast Wars of Gundam, like something yeah. that like people like are like. Oh, it went away for a while, and I don't care about Transformers. Like same thing with Gundam, and then be like, "Oh, this is really fun." You know, that's what Beast Wars was—really fun. As, that's what you as like. Long, as, as long as Steve Bloom doesn't voice half the character. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if Steve Bloom is just Chairman Mashida, and he does that's, his like his Gurren Lagann like like uh, you know w- that, what's that, that guy would be fine. Yeah. Like oh yeah, yeah Leron yeah yes yes. So yeah, all right. Well, I mean, I guess I guess we've we've imparted our thoughts for for many weeks on this show, but obviously, you know, the three of us all really enjoy it and we find it really entertaining. I know other fan halls who have been on the show have enjoyed the episodes they've watched as well and and enjoyed the series as a whole. So we appreciate all you guys listening and joining us for our entire you know episode by episode coverage of the series. Uh, like we were saying earlier. The next couple Mobile Suit Mondays will probably deal with some more one-shot stuff, whether it's maybe some standalone movies or the manga, things like that for a little bit, because we want to we wanna take a breather before we get committed to another, you know, 25 to 50 episode series, and then before we settle on what that series is and everything. But until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, Gunpla is serious business. Signing off. It's Mike Ray John, Gumpla Battle. This is Tony. You have built me into a fan. Let's try to see where you go next. And also, this is seriously peace. Serious peace. Whenever, whenever I play extreme verses, now I'm gonna like slick my hair back like Yuki does. Put on a (laughs) pair of shades. I I felt my avatar tonight was a is a pretty good choice. Angry Yuki. Man, I'm kind of sad, but I'm actually pretty happy we finished that. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured this would be a nice sense of uh, accomplishment, you know. That, we got you know, through it's, the it's whole fun. series. So, very cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Got that closure. Got that closure. Thank oh. you. You're the so one who edited them all. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna end the, uh, <laughs> you're like, thank you, motherfucker. Thank you, motherfucker. <laughs> what I'm saying is, thank me, motherfucker. <laughs> uh,